Isn't it great to be here this morning to appreciate the blessing that's ours, yea, the high honor and privilege that's ours to assemble in the name of the God of heaven, to do that in accordance to what His will dictates and specifies to you and me, and to feel confident that our worship is exciting and pleasing to Him. As you know, we come today to uh, this first day of the week, that day, of course, set aside in the Word of God for you and me to assemble together for this purpose. On this next slide, I went ahead and moved past that title slide because you may have seen that in the bulletin, but it had two parts to it, one of which was reflection, the other of which was anticipation. We each know what it means to reflect on something in the past. We know what it means to give thought to and consideration to things that have happened heretofore. But that word anticipation, in fact, lies in terms of reference to what's in the future. To make expectation, to in fact, to ponder and make preparation for. I'd like this morning for you and me to think about both sides of those considerations. First of all, reflecting for a little bit upon the year 2015, but also to make some expectation for 2016. We each know very well that in our physical families, there may have been a lot of changes in the year 2015. Maybe there were children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren born to your family. Maybe there were individuals that passed away. Maybe you enjoyed celebration in terms of great accomplishments and achievements. Maybe there was also significant loss. Safe to say there were at least changes in everybody's family. I simply use the top of that slide to point out to us that not only are those things representative of our physical families, there are very much ways in which those can be attached to our spiritual family, the Pippin family. Why don't we think about that aspect for the next few moments, at least for the first two-thirds or so of the lesson. You'll notice as you come to the bottom of that slide, it points us directly to 2015. Over the next few moments, I'd like to share some numbers with you. Numbers that at least attempt to cast some degree of shadow relative to the past year, the year 2015. As you think about these, probably you'll be able to think of additional numbers or at least additional things that I might have listed. I simply chose a few of them. Let's start like this. This congregation assembled 207 times. Now that's admittedly counting today, tonight, and Wednesday. But 207 times in this calendar year of 2015, we did that under the banner of texts in the Bible that highlight the blessedness of those assemblies. Hebrews 10.25 especially says, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." And so, although we can easily cast a spotlight on the not forsaking, notice a part of that verse is the assembly. Saints now for roughly 2,000 years have been assembling, and we continue the banner and prestige of that this very morning. But you'll notice as we've assembled those 207 times, we did so not for our glorification, but to glorify Him for whom we've met. To glorify the one that died on the cross for you and for me. You'll notice beyond that, we easily come to this. Did you ponder, or at least have you realized, that as we've come together for those 207 times, we have sang together approximately 1,000 songs. It's probably a little bit more than that, but at least approximately 1,000 songs we sang together. Now, admittedly, we sang psalms and hymns and spiritual songs under the statement of Ephesians 5.19. We did that, again, because that's the kind of music and a part of the worship 
that God has approved and what He has specified that He wants. Think of the words of praise and the words of exaltation that have filled those songs and think about the great banner of reward and also the statements that you and I have sung together. You'll notice beyond that. About 550 times we collectively bound ourselves together in prayer. Now we know as the New Testament has specified that, we had a gentleman leading us, but every one of us were praying in light of the teaching of the New Testament. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. As we prayed those times, we called upon the great God of heaven with the assurance that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We didn't pray with empty expectation. We prayed under conviction that God hears the prayers of His faithful and that He has promised to provide answer. Isn't it lovely to think about then that you and I approached the great ruler of this universe and everything both in and outside of it. You'll notice beyond that, in terms of our contribution, we here at the Pippin Church, this one congregation, this one family, we contributed over $150,000 to the work of the Lord. We did that again simply because God has commanded that we give as we've been prospered, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And we did that under the recognition that we never did it grudgingly. We never did it just because we felt we had to, but because we wanted to. And that's exciting to consider the work that you and I have had a part in, at least in terms of even the provision of our monetary means. Maybe one more time you'll notice, as you look at that number, we've been blessed. God does look with faithfulness and also with a great blessing upon those. Our contribution went up by a fair amount this year compared to last. Maybe that's partly due again to the means economically and families have made improvement. We always know ultimately the reason for good things rests with God, doesn't it? Look at the next one. 158 sermons and devotionals we together have been able to listen to, to be motivated by, and to appreciate the thoroughness of the Word of God in relation to it. Think about how many sermons that is. The ways in which your life and mine have been touched as the Word of God was opened and expounded before us. As that happened... As that happened, it motivated us to ever keep in mind the thought of the focus to heaven, the understanding of the implications for life. As you think about that 158 times, a whole host of verses make statements of pronouncement of God's blessing upon those who hear and give attention to the Word. Of those four, maybe I'd pull out Revelation 1 verse 3. What a great blessing was pronounced upon those who read, those who hear, and those who obey. May that ever be descriptive of you and of me. Paul expressly told Timothy to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 and 3. As the word is set before us, may in fact we go one step further. Let's split that up like this. 104 Bible classes were held. 104 times individuals came together for the express desire and purpose of opening and studying a section from the Word of God. 104 times. Now, as you tally up that total, doesn't it remind us of statements like this one? 
study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Our Bible teachers have had the desire to help you and me rightly divide the sacred text, to make appropriate applications, to at least set it before us so that we can listen to what God has to say. May I say that let's keep in mind then as we begin to think about the next year, if you're not of the kind of person that makes regular attendance at the Bible studies a part of your life, make that a resolution, would you? Is there any better place you can be on 9.30 on Sunday morning than here studying a part of God's Word or 7 o'clock Wednesday night? As you think about that study of the Word of God, look at the bottom. Let's tally it up this way. That comes to over 62 hours of Bible instruction. One of the thoughts that comes to you and me might well be this. Our colleges and our universities, of course, offer classes on a either quarterly or semester basis. If you think about a class under a normal semester, a normal semester, so that would have been covering from roughly the late part of August to the middle part of December, that class met for roughly 45 hours. You and I here have had the privilege for well over a full semester of full instruction in comparison to a university. It was free. We didn't have to pay a thing for it. Isn't that a blessing? May we ever take advantage of it. Wouldn't it be a serious thing to stand before God at judgment and to have to give some kind of an answer for not taking advantage of the opportunities to study the Bible, to be motivated and edified by it? There's more that could be said. Not only those 62 hours. Let's tally up perhaps something different. At the very top of that slide, roughly 61 hours as it relates to just sheer studying the Bible. Now that primarily has reference to the numbers of those times involving sermons. 61 hours. Now you'll notice that's not very much different than the number we had before. So in other words, we've had roughly the equivalent of three full semesters of Bible credit as we've come together in sermons and Bible studies. The honor that goes with that is still a remarkable thing, isn't it? As you begin to look at what's next, five baptisms occurred in this baptistry in the year 2015. Five individuals became members of the body of Christ, faithfully devoting their life and the cause of their being to the one that died for them. In addition to that, nine individuals, precious souls restored to faithfulness to the Lord. In other words, if you look at those numbers, there was movement and compelling reason to consider the Word of God was touching lives by the people in this congregation. That's exciting, isn't it? Isn't that so exciting? In fact, that hearkens to us the thought of the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And although we may well think of going to India and the far distant countries and places of the world, may we never forget there are souls right here. There are individuals next door that also are not right in the sight of God. As you and I look beyond that, Consider some of the additional works that this congregation has sponsored. I would call to your attention our radio programs. The Lord's Word, it airs every week on Tuesday morning on WLIV Radio, AM 920 in Livingston, Tennessee. This congregation sponsors that, and it may be we have no idea how many people are listening to that program. 
it would at least appear as that broadcast range spans over no less than eight to ten counties, the opportunity is so vast for individuals to hear at least a 15-minute lesson from the Word of God. We can be thankful at least we had a part in that. You'll notice that tallies to 13 hours of Bible instruction over the radio. Sounds a lot like 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 8, doesn't it? When their sound went out into all the world, the sound of the church at Thessalonica. However, that's not the only one. We sponsor a program on WHUB, AM 1400 radio. and That's on the first Sunday morning of each month, but it also airs on FM 107.7. Maybe you and I can encourage others to tune in and at least listen to those if they can. As you think about those particular lessons on that one, that tallies to roughly five hours, 25-minute program. One by one, we could continue to list others. Another work that we began here at this congregation this calendar year, back in January, we submitted an article to the Herald Citizen newspaper. And as of... The most recent edition, we've published 22 articles in that paper. 22 times, at least, the opportunity for the Word of God in truth to touch the lives of maybe others who offhand wouldn't be apt to hear it. They might pick up a paper and read it. We can be thankful for what good that has done and others that maybe have complimented and commented this congregation about the publishing of it. If it be the will of God, we'll try to continue those works in the coming year. At the bottom, what about the missionary efforts? And aren't we thankful for men like Ron Gilbert, who came not many Wednesday nights ago and shared with us the success of the work in Africa? I would add to that list. There's also Curry Montague, the missionary you and I are supporting in the country of Hungary. Maybe you and I don't know so much about the work of the church there. It's a pretty small congregation, but it has been growing of late. And can't we be thankful for the work that Curry and his family are doing and have done? In North Carolina, we support Robert Oliver, a congregation existent in that location. No other congregations even anywhere nearby. And yet, Robert and his efforts have continued to stay the course of faithfulness. It excites us to think about brethren wherever they may be in that regard. Maybe one final time we might mention Jack Honeycutt. As you think about the efforts in India, those souls that have been saved in that place and their continued faithfulness, our list continues like this. We might also list Restoration Radio Network. Not many weeks ago, James Jones visited with us and gave us an update on the work that has done. You and I have a part in it. In all these ways, doesn't it come to our mind to think about Jesus when He said in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even at the end of the world. We wish to continue, of course, to carry out our Master's wishes as we continue these efforts. But you'll notice we've also been involved in benevolent activity here. 
Our elders have been approached by individuals who have described difficult and trying circumstances. And our elders, just as the Bible would assert in Galatians 6 verse 10, have extended a helping hand in those cases of needfulness. It might be in light of all those things. What about our numbers as we think about the times of our coming together? I would ask that we look at these numbers fairly. And by that I mean the following. We have the assurance of the Word of God. And Paul certainly felt this way when he said, I planted, Apollos watered, any increase must always be given to God. Thus, that's the reason I make these numbers. Hopefully as a way to compel and motivate you and me to continue our consideration of things. Our attendance this year, 103.7. Last year, it was a little over 97. That tallies to a 7% increase. Hasn't God been good to us? Some of that's due to births in our families, to be sure, but others are because individuals have placed their membership with us. We simply want to be a church of which God would be pleased and a congregation that will hold forth the absolute word of truth in every regard. May all the glory, of course, with any such increases go to God. Beyond all that, you'll notice that for several years, you and I can appreciate God has looked with favor upon this congregation. From the year 2012, our attendance is over 11.5% more than it was then on average. If you go back as far as 2006, we're 42% greater. To God be the glory. As we continue to work, each of us in this congregation... Showing forth by way of example and by way of truth, we rest assured that God will continue to look with favor upon us if we will cling and hold tightly to that which is described in the New Testament. Looking beyond that, look at our Sunday morning Bible study class times. Average attendance, 86.4. That's over a 7% increase from last year. That's a great thing. More souls studying the Word of God. May we keep that continuation and may we even strive to invite others and see these numbers go up even more. As you look at the Sunday night attendance, 79 and a half, that's over 13% more than last year. Wednesday night Bible study, 72.2, 12% larger than 2014. Again, those numbers are such that all the glory rests with God. As you come to the next slide, Back in May, we hosted a gospel meeting. Edward Anderson was the gospel preacher. The average nightly attendance was over 134. This building was filled. Weren't we thankful? Individuals that heard the Word of God, and we were all motivated and encouraged by. We've made a number of changes, or at least improvements. You notice we'd have new songbooks. We also broadcast our songs so that we each can look as we see those broadcast on the wall. We began that this year. We made improvements to our office in terms of making it more usable. In addition to all those things at the very bottom, we've renovated our building in some other ways. And what's more, the next slide brings this to a little little bit of a tally. As our elders presented to us not many weeks ago, there has even begun to be made plans in regard to a new auditorium, a new building that will in fact better equip us not only to to meet in convenience, but also perhaps to even emblazon more noticeably the invitation to extend to others and expect that they might be with us. 
All these things that we've looked upon, I believe we'd say 2015 has had many positives. However, maybe some more could be listed. We installed a new elder, bringing our number to three elders earlier in this year, 2015. A new deacon also was installed, bringing the number to four. Our leadership is sound. Our leadership is developed and motivated in a way to lead each of us in a proper and correct fashion. We continue to maintain a website for the benefit freely of anyone with internet access, and many have commented that they do enjoy that which is made available there. Finally, as you look, every one of the things that we can say so far are such that God has allowed us to do these things. As individuals have used their talents and their abilities, however, we now would be fair to say this. Those things are in the past. 2015 is such that it will be closed forever here in just a very few days. What lies before us cannot simply be something for which we could expect only to rest upon any successes of the past. For the next few moments, why don't we think about 2016? That which lies before us by way of anticipation. Perhaps a question, what do you and what do I wish to be descriptive of the, of the Pippin Church in 2016? If we at this point had the opportunity to make a brief description... Just a few sentences. What would we wish to be true of this congregation? You might notice if God blesses us with the year 2016 as we reach its end, we easily can make some statements much like these we've made today, at least some kind of summary. Will they be negative or will they be positive? Let's hope that they're positive. Let's live our lives in such a way that these next things we discuss will allow 2016 to also be a very moving year, compelling year, a year that also will bring much glory to God. First of all, as you look on that slide, one of the first principles, it seems to me, fair to state is, just as Paul understood it, any increases by way of these things we've discussed, may we ever understand it belongs to God. It's not mine or yours. It's not for us to glory in it, for didn't Paul say in Galatians 6, verses 14 and 15, I'll glory only in the cross of Christ. May that be the thing to which you and I turn our attention. If we're going to brag about anything, may it be that. Not only that, look at what we can say. In 2 Peter three eighteen, the key verse to that book but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. As Peter penned that book of Second Peter, with the first chapter highlighting the ingredients of spiritual growth, the second chapter pointing to the opposition of spiritual growth, thirdly, chapter 3, the motivation for spiritual growth, he closed that entire book with asserting to them the power and the importance of growing. May you and I then make expectation to grow spiritually in 2016. May we make that a resolution, a goal, if you please. Paul asserted it to those who were his hearers as well. Not only Peter, but Paul did as well. How well could you and I remember in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, when Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, he said, Your faith groweth exceedingly. That's one of the finest compliments that Paul could ever have given. Their faith grew exceedingly. May that be true of you and me this year.
That, of course, means that since faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, that we'll need to renew and rededicate our emphasis on the Word of God, give our utmost attention and heed to it, to study it with fervency, to study it, of course, with great zeal and ardency. As you look at those things, look at what else we can say. The goals, as you and I describe this congregation, could there be any better descriptions than to borrow the exact wording found in the New Testament? Consider with me 1 Timothy 3.15 for just a moment. Here Paul was writing to Timothy. As he wrote to him, he again made mention of a number of features about the development and the encouragement of the church. In chapter 3, these are the qualifications of elders. Make sure men have these before they're appointed. But you'll notice what he does when he comes to chapter number 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Here we find then that the church is called the house of God. And not only that, he goes on to say it's the pillar and ground of the truth. A pillar is a structure of great strength. It is a support in which great matters of weight and other means are allowed to rest upon it. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That should be one of the highest demands we have of this congregation to make sure in 2016 that it continues to be the pillar and ground of the truth. We aren't interested in the philosophies of men for they won't save Colossians 2.7. Paul said that. We aren't interested in the opinions and speculations of the human family. Men, if they have their way, we know that they will corrupt worship, they'll corrupt things. The truth of God, Paul said, is such that the church must be the pillar and ground of it. When we think then about the church having that particular description, shouldn't it then be true that in this community of Putnam County, when a person is interested in the truth, this is where they need to come. This is the place that ought to be known for upholding the banner in every regard of the truth. Did Jesus say, Thy word is truth, John 17, 17. Thus, we look forward in this coming year, the year 2016, to holding high the banner of this book. Men may ridicule it. That doesn't change what we're going to do. Men may blaspheme it. That won't stop us. Men and women around the globe may turn a very near deaf ear to it, but that will only prompt us all the more to proclaim it. Because the Lord God of heaven, through His blessed Son Jesus Christ, said that these are the words of life. John 6, verse 63. As you come to the next point on the slide, it should be our decided determination to act with biblical authority. If we're going to uphold the banner of truth, then we must act in every way with the authority vouchsafed in this book. No wonder Paul said, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by Him, Colossians 3.17. To the church in Corinth, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 10.31, that whether you eat or whether you don't, do all to the glory of God. As we then make it our resolution, our renewed resolution to act with biblical authority, we're going to use a thus saith the Lord for all that we do, say, and think. 
that'll make for a congregation that's strong, a congregation that is very healthy spiritually. As you turn to the last theme, it'll be our strong intent, of course, to glorify God. When you and I sojourn, of course, in this fleshly life, we have so many things physically. But there are years here on earth, be they 70 years, 80 years, 90 years or more. In the final analysis and when all is said and done, may there be no better anthem than Ephesians 3.21. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Unto Him, that Him is God, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Our sole desire when we meet is to glorify God through Christ. That's a simple prescription, but how profound it is. We don't come together with shows and drama programs because that's entertaining to us, and that's not the purpose. God's interest is for us to do what pleases Him. As we've looked at all these things, these, these considerations of goals for you and for me, let's make a few final thoughts, and then the lesson will be yours. As we make these anticipations for next year, may I suggest to you that we have every right then to be confident. I understand that the, un, the future brings uncertainty. It brings a sense of, of course, our lack of knowledge. We don't know all the specifics and the details. But isn't it true the Word of God allows you and me to behave and conduct ourselves in light of God's promises with tremendous confidence? That was the lesson text this morning. Would you revisit with me Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14? And let's then spend a moment or two developing those or commenting about those two verses in light of this coming year. You and I would be so quick to remember the successes of Paul. Paul was a great preacher. Think how many churches he had established. Now he'd be quick to say God established them. He was only blessed to be a part of it. Think how many sermons Paul preached. Paul be quick to say that it was only the Spirit empowering him to preach what he did. Think about how many precious souls were baptized through the preaching of the agency of the preaching of Paul. You and I remember Onesimus was one of them, right? The slave in the book of Philemon. We don't know how many souls were led to Christ through the preaching and the agency and the teaching of Paul. Doesn't that make these two verses then very interesting? Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul says, I haven't laid hold on the finality of the glory yet. Let's read on. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul, what about all those successes you've enjoyed? Countless congregations started, precious souls baptized who now are living faithful Christian lives. Paul said, no doubt I'm thankful for that. And in other places he did say he was thankful. But he said, I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm going to reach forward to what's before me. Paul knew there was more work to do, more faithfulness. There were greater efforts, of course. And he looked forward to making sure that he was a part of them. Verse 13 says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before that verb reaching for identifies an active action in which one is participating. May you and I reach forward, upward, 
in regard to what lies before us in 2016. Because verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, why don't you just rest for a while? Take it easy in light of the successes of the past. I can't do that. I press toward the mark. There's a target I'm trying to hit for the mark or the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What about you and me as we contemplate and anticipate 2016? Are you and I going to press toward the mark? Are we too going to be thankful for the successes of the past but not rest upon them, ever reaching forward to what lies before us? There are individuals in this coming year that might well be strongly influenced by your faithfulness and mine, by your teaching and mine. May you and I, like Paul, as we appreciate, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. With all that said, our passage of Scripture draws to its conclusion this morning, as well as this closing Sunday morning sermon of 2015. As we close the sermon, why don't we then summarize it like this? There's no doubt we can feel a great deal of excitement on what God has done in our midst in 2015. By excitement, I quote the words of Numbers 23, 23. What God hath wrought, God did it. But by the same token, may we use those things in confidence to appreciate the promise of God in light of the coming year. As we start those things, may we then intend in our own lives to appreciate the truth, to always act with biblical authority, and we will, of course, demand that we as a congregation will ex do exactly the same. It might well be in the sound of my voice this morning, there's someone that's not a faithful Christian. Maybe you've allowed 2015 to pass by. Maybe you've often reflected and thought that you know you need to be. But you've never made that determination. Why not let today be the day? There will be no better way to start the new year than this. Jesus working at your side. You and He, a faithful team, striving to do always what is pleasing unto the Heavenly Father. Today, if you are an alien sinner, one that's never rendered initial obedience, why not let today be the day? Make statement of your belief in Christ. Repent of your sins. Confess His beautiful name as the Son of God and be baptized. If you have attended to that, but you have not remained faithful, you've allowed the work of the devil to corrupt your life and cause you to be less than you know you need to be and less than what God wishes you to be. Your conscience maybe has bothered you. Why not clear that conscience today? There's only one thing that can clear a conscience. It's the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that He offers. And if you'd like a clear conscience, a renewed and rededicated zeal for the work of God, why not come before Him today? There's a congregation of people just excited to pray to God on your behalf, praying that God will forgive you, praying that you'll be able then to have the strength and encouragement that you need. If we could help you by praying to God for you, we'd be happy to do it. If any of those things would be the need of your heart and the need of your life today, why not let this moment, this time, be the one to close 2015 in the best possible way and to start 2016 also in the best way possible? And if we could help you in doing that today, why don't you come while together we stand and while we sing?